Welcome to the Mind Mapping Show with Mind Mapping Specialist Michael Tipper, bringing you the right information right now to help you understand, use, and apply this amazing technique. Join us each week to discover gems to help you quickly and easily boost your creativity, stimulate your memory, and supercharge your thinking. It has never been easier to tap into even more of your brain's potential using this simple tool. Now, here is your host, the mind mapping maestro himself, Michael Tipper. Hi, this is Michael from the Mind Mapping Show with another conversation with a fellow user of Mind Mapping. My guest today is known as the e-business tutor, although one of his many extremely satisfied customers has referred to him as the e-business Buddha. He is a prolific internet marketing speaker, an internet entrepreneur, a stargazer, and a player of the Native American flute. And amongst all that, he is also an avid user of mind mapping. And so it's with great pleasure today to welcome Garland Colson to the call. Garland, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me, Michael. I'm always happy to talk and share about uh, great tools. Now let's start uh, our conversation with finding out a little bit more about um, uh, about your two passions. So first of all, stargazing. How did you get into that? As even as a young boy, I just loved the night sky. I, I was always amazed by it. I would read all the encyclopedia entries over and over again about astronomy and the planets and things like that. And yet, my whole life, I'd never had a telescope. And about three or four years ago, I thought, well, gee, I'm just about to turn, you know, a, a sort of one of those. Uh, um, milestone ages, and if I don't get a telescope now, when would I? So I went out and bought a telescope, bought all the wrong equipment. Then I joined the local astronomy group, found out what I should have, what I should have bought, and uh, ended up um, helping them out in their board of directors by designing their website. And eventually, they forced me to be president of the club. It's amazing how when you need to do something, is that there are so many experts out there who can save you a whole lot of time. Um, that we think we know the answer to ourselves, but there's some great advice out there, isn't there? Oh, and they saved me thousands of dollars, or would have saved me thousands of dollars, and I'm having to resell a lot of the stuff and go back and buy what I should have. And it's like anything; often, the most expensive tools out there are not the best tools. Uh, often, sometimes the free ones are as powerful as as the ones that people charge a lot of money for. Mm, and we'll see that with with the mind mapping, as we'll talk about later on. Now, you're also heavily involved in in promoting astronomy to to children, I believe. Yes, we do a huge amount of outreach uh, in our local community. We go to schools. We do public nights where we are the first time most people see the moon, the craters of the moon through a telescope or the rings of Saturn. So we, we show those uh, to people uh, through our telescopes. And it's all volunteers. None of us get paid for it. We just do it because we love to teach other people about the wonders in the night sky. Oh, it's fabulous. I was sat having dinner the other night with someone and um, we both had our iPhones out and we were doing comparing favorite apps and she showed me one where it was a, uh, I can't remember the, the name of it now, was, but it showed a knew where you were from your GPS position or the Wi-Fi that you were attached to. And then by whatever you pointed the app, it showed you what the night sky should look like. It, do you use those? Absolutely. Uh, I, in particular, I use an Android uh, one. So I use one called Starry Night Pro, but there's Google Sky. There's lots of them. And there, it's, it's fantastic because in my pocket, I've got this star, star map of the entire sky uh, in something where I used to maybe have to carry along big star charts or, or books or atlases and things like that. So uh, it certainly made the, two, the, the uh, hobby a lot more enjoyable that I can have something that powerful in my pocket. There is something amazing about looking up at the night sky and seeing just the tremendous uh, amount of 
I was going to say life, but I don't mean that, of, of the stars and, and the planets up there, especially when there is no artificial light around. It is The, the sky is stunning, isn't it? The, the sky really is stunning, and uh, being out in nature is my reset. It, it's what brings me back to the real world, because I spend all day in front of a computer, and the night sky is a big part of that, and it's just wondrous when you can get out to a dark sky, dark site and, and just look up. I, there was one time I went out to a place, and it was so dark, and there was puddles all around, and I was walking with my equipment, but my, my eyes were on the sky the whole time, so I kept stepping in the puddles because I was just in such awe mm. of what was up there. Uh, it is amazing. Now, you're also a, a player of the American native flute. How did you get into that? Actually, my wife wanted one at one point, and she is an amazing talent. My wife is actually a world-class Native American flute player. Uh, but I got into it more just for myself, for meditation. I love to sit quietly in the woods and play. And it's it's a very simple instrument to play because it's got a very basic scale in it where the notes are all in harmony. So you basically move your fingers up and down one notch, and, and effectively you get very pretty songs very easily. So a lot of people are discovering it worldwide. Because your, your your wife, she has a, an album out, I believe. She does. Uh, it's called Windweaver at windweaver.ca. And uh, the album's called Wild Threads. And she's soon going to have a second album out, which is also a DVD, which has some amazing imagery, including some space imagery with some of their music. Now, when you're not stargazing or playing the uh, uh, native flute, you are an internet uh, marketing speaker and internet entrepreneur. How did you get involved in, in all that? <laughs> By accident, I really was in marketing uh, before I got into internet marketing, and then I joined a service called Top Kids Online, and this was back in the days of dial-up uh, internet, so of course that dates me somewhat, <laughs> but what, what this company did was it, they had set up their own servers, and they actually set up an online area for kids where you could dial in with your community. Uh, we would bring in... Uh, we would filter internet news groups so they could read stuff that we, the parents were, knew were safe, like they wouldn't be getting the porn and all the crap and the spam. And then what we did was we had like online disc jockeys that ran contests for the kids. We had guests, guests come in and do text chat, like a, a local uh, football player and a, uh, an actress who'd had a part in a Disney movie. Oh. And it was an amazing community of about 200 kids. And eventually what happened was the company didn't move fast enough. They'd spent so money, much money in servers and, and the phone lines and dial-up. And I suggested they move the entire content totally to the web. And if they'd moved it totally to the web, they'd have been far in advance of anybody else content-wise for kids online. But they, had, they were so focused on all this money they had spent in infrastructure, they wanted to continue doing it the same way. So I, mm -hmm. I left and they failed about a year later. But what I learned from that was the power of the internet to create communities. So then uh, my main business at that point, I was a marketing consultant and I did my own website because that the, this uh, experience had taught me the power of the internet. And my clients looked at my website and my graphic design, by the way, was horrible, but I knew how, how things work from a marketing perspective. My clients started asking me to do their websites. They started asking me about marketing and the internet and one thing led to the other and that became the central focus of, of what I ended up doing. Uh, and now you, you teach others how to benefit from the, this fabulous thing we call the internet. I do. I, I'm a speaker on it. I do training. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, I, I just and 
what I love to teach people is that the internet's not really about the technology. It's about connecting with people. Mm. And so I work with a lot of small business owners, nonprofits, government agencies, and people like that. And what I'm able to show them is that uh, it, you, this isn't about the technology. It's really just about how do you, how do you reach the people you want to reach? How do you build those communities? And I do it in layman's terms so that uh, business owners can understand they don't have to be techies to, to get this. Now, one of the things that we found on your website was that you use mind mapping to help you do this. Um, when did you discover mind mapping? I've known about mind mapping for a very long time, uh, probably since the late 90s, and I've used it off and on. I, to be honest, I've had a love-hate relationship with mind mapping in the <laughs> beginning. And the love part was brainstorming. Oh, my goodness. You know, just to be able to brainstorm and throw it out on a map, and especially in front of people, the mind mapping just worked fantastically. Uh, but where I, where I sort of had difficulty with it was the next steps, turning it into something where it would actually then uh, manage the tasks and, and the rest of it. So I would use it for a while, then I would go away, and then I would use maybe just – you know, word processing or, or uh, outliners or things like that. And then I come back to it. So so for a long time, I bounced back and forth until I finally, uh, what I'm learning with my tools is, is to not turn them into things they're not and use them for what they're best at. Mm. Mm. And uh, so because I teach a lot of time management, uh, I find that the mind mapping is just a phenomenal tool to very quickly get brainstorming out there. I mean, I, I can't find another tool that works as well as a mind map for brainstorming. So is that primarily what, what your main use? I noticed on, on, on the website there, are, you, there's five uses, and you did, you did spend quite a big time on, on looking at with brainstorming. So you talked about how you use it for yourself and with groups as well. Could you expand on that with groups? Well, um, I teach uh, a lot of uh, groups. So for example, I might go into a nonprofit organization and I might help them, say, brainstorm uh, methods that they can get more revenue, like more fundraising programs, methods they can use for marketing. And of course, in front of a group, a mind map works fantastic for that because it's visual. Everybody can see it. But then you can close up the the um, part that you aren't working on at that particular moment, the arm that you aren't, aren't working on, so it doesn't distract. So you can then expand just whichever one you're focusing on. So it's great because you can drill down to the one you're focusing on, but you can capture things that are maybe off track or might be for later, but you, you've still got a way to capture those so that they're, they're not lost and so you can come back to them later. So the brainstorming for group, I find mind mapping is fantastic. You just project it up on a screen or, or on a television or something. Uh, small groups, big groups, mind mapping works fantastic for that. Do you find that when you're working with a, with a large group, inevitably they're going to be people who have never come across mind mapping before? Is there, is there much of a, a teaching required to get them up to speed, or, or can people just run with it straight away when you use it for, for brainstorming in that way? There is a bit of that. In, in, in any group, you're probably going to find a good chunk of them have not been, yet been exposed to mind mapping. Uh, and I'm always surprised at how many people have never heard of mind mm. mapping. Um, and then trying, trying to explain it, of course, without a mind map is really tough. I mean, you end up drawing uh, spider webs on paper, <laughs> you know, <laughs> effectively trying to show people. But it really doesn't show the power until you put it up on a put it up on a screen in front of them and they go, oh, I, now I get it. So yes, there, there is some educational aspects to, to it, but once people get used to using it, uh, they pretty quick, they, they really grasp the power of it. And what do you think the benefits are of using it for, in that particular environment? The benefit is that 
first off, you've got a way to capture everything. Now, there's other ways to capture things. You could certainly use an outlining program. You could use word processing or something else. But it's a way to capture it in a visual format where people can immediately see it and they can keep going back to it and looking at it to remind themselves. So it's a continual visual reminder. Plus the fact that you can hide uh, branches so easily means that you can get rid of the the material you're not working on right now, get rid of the, the sort of mess, uh, so to speak, the clutter, and be able to focus or expand on just one. So, so that's really where it works great. It captures everything quickly, but allows you to, to also drill down and focus in just one area. And what's the largest group that you've used that with? Probably about 30 or 40 people. Um, you know, I, I've used it in, in front of some people for, for training. Not huge, huge groups, because I think brainstorming with 200 people, I mean, even 30 or 40 people is too many to brainstorm. It was more of a teaching session as opposed to a brainstorming session. But it works great for board of directors, for small groups. Uh, even uh, sometimes I'll just brainstorm with uh, the owners of a business, two or three people. And, and I also do brainstorming one and one When I coach, I actually brainstorm right online and I share my screen so that my coaching client can see the mind map on their side. What is the software that you use? I've used a number of them over the years. I, I currently am using XMind, not to say it's necessarily the best, but I like the uh, the power for the price. Uh, you know that it's it's got a free version that is incredibly powerful, and uh, I like some of the templates that come with it. I'm really enjoying uh, you know some of the the templates are letting me do some things I haven't done before with mind mapping, such as decision trees. I was amazed when I first discovered XMind. I was I created a program to show people how to be more productive, more effective using mind mapping software, and I used uh, MindJet, Mind Manager, which is sort of like the, um, the 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 gold plated version of mind mapping software. So it's quite expensive. So I thought, well, let me see if I can find uh, a free software that would allow me to do exactly the same thing. And I found XMind, and I was stunned at just how powerful even the free version was. Yes, and I've used MindJet in the past, and again, very powerful. And there's many great ones out there, but um, as, as I always look at uh, the price point. Can I do it with a free one, or are the features worth paying extra for? So uh, in this case, XMind has been incredibly powerful for me. So there's, uh, there are two schools of thought in, in, in the mind mapping space. One is those people who focus on software, then those people who also uh, would rather do it by hand. Why were you drawn to software, and have you ever looked at the hand-drawn version? Well, if you'd ever seen my drawing skills, you would understand why I use the software version. Um, I, I can't even read my own handwriting, Michael. Uh, I actually I actually take notes on, on my Samsung Galaxy Note uh, using a swipe keyboard because I, I even in a notebook I can't even I can't even read read later on. So so that was a big factor for me. The other uh, aspect of it is the fact that I can share it immediately online, which yeah, is the you know a right click button. So it, when I'm doing this for coaching, the fact that at the end of the coaching session, my my client gets to see the coaching notes. That's that's really powerful that I can share it. Uh, so n- nothing wrong with hand drawn. I mean, and, and I I uh, you know. C- uh, I'm amazed at people who have that kind of talent for drawing, and I think that that can work very effectively, but you can't get it into other formats, whereas with a mind map, you can export it to, say, Microsoft Word or an outline or, or a PDF or, or just share it online. So there's so many other ways to do it that I, I have working pretty much entirely, in my case, with getting everything digital first because I can share it in multiple formats. and my, All my note-taking programs are the same way. 
I think that um, the future of mind mapping will be heavily uh, inside the, the software space because I think people often think that they need to be able to draw to to do it effectively if they're going to do it by hand. Uh, and it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, uh, belief. I was speaking to um, someone else I interviewed for the podcast, and she was a writer, and she was talking about her experience of it, and she was waxing lyrical, and, and she was a hand-drawn mind mapper. So I asked her if she would send me an example of a mind map, because the way she was talking about it, the, the power, the impact, I thought, I've got to see her mind maps, and she sent it through. And it was possibly the worst mind map I'd ever seen. <laughs> and, and what? And I, I, I say that in terms of uh, you see some of the artistic mind maps. It was basically drawn in pencil with a few uh, few branches. However, I realised, and it's something I've always known, but just confirmed it again, that it's not about whether you can draw or not, because the thought process that you go to to organise your thoughts, even if the, 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 the map on the piece of paper doesn't look like a work of art, but she got so much benefit just by thinking in the mind mapping way. Uh, absolutely, and, and so um, certainly I can I can see that benefit, and, and if I all I had was a sheet of paper with me, I would still probably use a mind map, but I do love all the extra features that the software allows mm. me to do, such as the exporting and the sharing. Oh, absolutely. It has so many tremendous advantages, and I think the beauty of the software, it does allow it, allow people to access the tool very quickly, very easily, and not be put off by, by the drawing. Now, um, you also do a lot of presenting, so I'd like to explore a little bit about how you use it when you are um, d designing your presentations, delivering your presentations, then maybe sharing your presentations. Yes, I don't deliver all of my uh, presentations. Mm -hmm. In, in mind maps, I generally use PowerPoint, uh, other tools like that for the longer ones. Mm -hmm. But what I like about um, the mind map for short presentations is that you can expand and contract the branches so you can you can have like maybe five overall areas and then you can go step one click on it and expand the steps and you can talk about the steps step two and it's very easy of course to add pictures to it mm. so it is a great way to be able to do a short session i have a when i'm doing my coaching i use a mind map called internet entrepreneurship that has sort of all the basic ideas that I usually cover with most people in coaching already pre-built in. So I don't have to, I don't have to brainstorm everything from scratch. So we start off by talking about people's target audience. So I open up the target audience part and then we, we brainstorm that. So for presenting it, that works very well that you can have the points that you want to, you want to do. Uh, and it's providing motion and movement, which is, uh, you know, which works fantastic. But I do find for longer sessions, I don't tend to use a mind map. I tend to use, because uh, a mind map can get very busy if you have a lot of different branches and stuff. And uh, so from a presenting uh, uh, point, you know, uh, on your screen, it can sometimes get a little busy. Do you use mind mapping to prepare the and plan the presentations that you then deliver by PowerPoint? Not usually, no. Usually I use an outlining program. I do use mind mapping to brainstorm new product ideas. I do it to do my marketing planning, goal setting. I use it for all of those as well as the course. So pretty much the brainstorming is the main, the main use I have. Another use I use it for a lot is my actual coaching and client notes. And this surprised me because one of the things when you're talking to a customer, 
or a client, you know, coaching client, you don't want to be typing on your keyboard a whole bunch. I mean, it, it's at some point they're going to wonder, are you actually listening to me or are you just typing, right? On the other hand, I need notes so that I can remember what we talked about this time because I may not remember three or four, if I may have a client that maybe doesn't coach for three or four weeks and then I can't remember, did we talk about this topic or not? So what I find, and this is where the keyboard shortcuts become critical, is I worked hard to learn some of the keyboard shortcuts, such as hitting um, enter for a new branch, and I think it was a tab for a, for an indented branch. And by hitting enter a tab, it lets me really quickly create a new branch, and then I'm just typing in the short text for the branch rather than trying to take full-form notes. And I have found that when I'm using the keyboard shortcuts, I can take notes faster in mind mapping than any other tool. Oh, wow. And are you a touch typist, or is it just the fact that you're able to do it? I am a touch typist. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I took two years of typing in school years ago. So, And it's really funny, because this was back before computers were really around. So uh, of all the skills that I've learned in school, I really didn't think I'd use typing other than maybe in university to write some essays. And Typing is still I use every day. <laughs> it is interesting. Um, like yourself, I also teach productivity and time management stuff, and I'm always amazed to see these very senior people who will two finger type. Right. Uh, and and it's it's um, it's just incredible. I I'm almost a touch type. It's not quite uh, there, but I'm, I'm really reasonably rapid. And uh, I can't imagine why people don't take that step of learning how to type because it would just make their output so much more effective. It really would be, and and um, but you know I know when a lot of the older people came through uh, who might be in senior management now. I mean, at that time there was no, it wasn't really really you know what what they did right um, because back then you had secretaries to do the typing for you and now you have to do your own email so these poor people who never learned typing it, it's a it's a major productivity problem for them and the other and the key thing too is uh, shortcuts I'm surprised how many people don't learn the shortcuts uh, to do things and most of them are available right from the menu I mean if you go insert topic you can see there's it says enter next for the shortcut or subtopic is tab or topic before is shift enter or parent topic can be control enter and once you learn those those are incredible they're much faster than moving your mouse around the screen going up to the top clicking on insert and then clicking on the topic because you can just hit enter from where you are and it will insert a new topic you know, I'm convinced that in the same way as um, the uh, different species evolve, I think there's been an evolutionary step in our human development recently where there are some people who, uh, younger people who can go onto a computer and just get that sort of stuff. And I think there'll forever be a whole lot of dinosaurs who will just never understand the shortcut process. Well, I think, too, because we've got used to the interfaces, uh, which are, are the mouse and then Carson, the touch screens for many things. I think that uh, keyboard shortcuts are kind of getting lost. Like it, it's almost an old school thing. Like keyboard shortcuts were probably more used back when people were typing on WordPerfect, say, instead of Word, where there was no no menus up top that you could choose from, right? And so, uh, but I really think that uh, I've noticed the speed, like the, dif the difference in the speed from a time point of view when I'm taking notes of the client. Uh, it, that's amazing how much that that can be done. Uh, you were showing your age then when you said WordPerfect. I haven't heard that for years. <laughs> Right, and that was the old blue screen you typed on, right? And yeah. there was 
no menus or anything in the older versions, right? Yeah. Uh, and 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 yeah, so you had to know your shortcuts, right? You you had to, I mean there was a way to call them up, I think, but uh but most people worked with shortcuts. And of course, most programmers work with shortcuts and and text and, and my son loves to work in Linux user interfaces where he's in shell interfaces and things like that where all he's got is text in the screen, no graphics. So uh, um, big difference. We've got, but we've gotten we've gotten used to the graphic interfaces, and they are fantastic. Mm. But they're not always the fastest way to get something done. Of course, of course. Now come back to the mind mapping. And what, why do you think it works so well? The, I think um, the visual learning aspect of things. I mean, people learn in many ways: kinesthetic, visual, auditory, and this really speaks to the visual. The fact that you can put it in, and the fact that you can easily add pictures to it. I, I mean, for Fast brainstorming, so you don't add pictures, but if it's something I've done ahead of time, I'll actually add pictures which illustrate the particular topic idea, you know, like a, maybe a little money symbol for money or something like that. Um, so it works so well that way, and good mind mapping ones are also set up where you can set priorities on them, you know, number stuff, one, two, three, four, you can add icons to it, and just the speed, the sheer speed with which you can do it. Think of writing instead of the note-taking program, uh, such as Microsoft Word or even Evernote, which I do love and do use a lot. But the problem there is you're not able to group things together easily. I mean, you can pull bullet points under each other, but with my map, you can drag and drop. If something's in the wrong spot, you just drag and drop it to the other one. It's mm. it's incredibly fast that you're working with that with to Visual outlining program. I've loved outliners. Years ago, I used to use PC Outline, which was a very uh, basic program back in the days before uh, before Windows, and loved the tool. And, and for many years, I couldn't find an outlining program that worked as well. And uh, mind maps are a visual outliner, so they give you all the benefits of an outlining program, along with the ability to add pictures. And more than that, you can add links, um, so you can actually click right to the website. Uh, and so often, when I'm talking to a client, I their website links already in there, so then I can also open up their website and start showing them the difficulties with their website mm. or, or the, you know the things that need to change. Uh, and that's the beauty of, of of using software, as you say. It's got so many flexible ways of actually interfacing it. What, what sort of thinker would you describe yourself in terms of? Are you more creative or are you more a logical thinker? I'm a fair bit of both. I'm very logical, but I'm very outside of the box as well. I'm very quick to. S- I've worked with so many different companies that I can usually see different opportunities for them. And so um, people are shocked at me because I'll talk to them and I've had maybe had no experience with their industry. And literally in five minutes, I've given them maybe 10 or 15 different marketing ideas and people just look at me and their jaw drops Mm. and they're wondering how I can do that. And it's because I can immediately see how things connect. And again, I'm so fast at the brainstorming that I need a fast tool to keep up with that. So that's where mind mapping is that fast tool because you have so much going on in your head, so many ideas coming, and especially if you're working with a group who also has ideas, you've got to have a way to be able to capture that. And I can't think of another tool that comes anywhere close to a mind map for for the speed and for the visual impact when you're when you're presenting as well. If someone is listening to this for the first time and they're just exploring this concept of this thing called mind mapping and they're not sure um, how to start or whether to start, what would be your advice? 
It might be to work with a coach, somebody who's using mind mapping, uh, join maybe maybe a webinar where someone's using mind mapping. Look at some videos online first to get a feel for how, how mind mapping's done. Then pick something you want to brainstorm. And, and I think brainstorming is probably the best way to start. Something, and it can be a house project. It could be something like, okay, you know, having to paint your house or, or redecorate. And just start throwing all the ideas out. Okay, well, Color choices, artwork, um, you know, furniture, uh, you know, layout. They start throwing all those ideas out, and then just start grouping them under the headings. And and certainly, I think that that's a, a good way to start is with a real project you want to do, or maybe planning your wedding, or anything like that. Pick something you need to plan. Something's probably something small. Maybe your first one shouldn't be the wedding plan, but. Uh, <laughs> But do that, and certainly look at examples online. YouTube is full of great examples of, of my naps, uh, and you know, and just try it and see see how well it works. But it also helps if you can if you can watch a few people who are good at mind mapping, and you can see how they're using it. Then that will give you some some other ideas. Uh, that's fantastic, Gone. Thank you very much indeed for, for sharing those fabulous ideas. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about the sort of services you offer and where we can find uh, find you if we want to uh, to take uh, your advice on on the fabulous stuff you talk about with the with the internet. Sure. You can find me at garlandcolson.com. That's G-A-R-L-A-N-D-C-O-U-L-S-O-N.com. Uh, and that's where all the services and everything are there. I teach online webinars that are available to people worldwide. I do one-on-one coaching uh, through Skype or or web conferencing. Uh, I also uh, fly out and speak in different places. So if someone needs a uh, a great speaker on topics relating to Internet marketing, social media, and time management, uh, you know, I'm happy to help, and and that's really how you connect with me. Garland, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure hearing about how you are using this fabulous tool, and uh, it's wonderful to sort of feel your enthusiasm for it, uh, particularly as a, as a brainstorming device. So thank you very much indeed. Thanks for inviting me, Michael. Thanks for listening to the Mind Mapping Show with Michael Tipper. If you like what you just heard, we hope you will pass on our web address, mindmappingshow.com, where you will find archives of previous podcasts, as well as other mind mapping tips, tricks, and techniques, advanced guidance, and downloadable resources. This has been a Virtus Limited production. Join us next time for the next issue of the Mind Mapping Show with Michael Tipper, and be sure to tell your friends.